Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. Good to almost see you all. It's very bright up here and not so bright out there. So yeah, I, I give me a give me a hi. Hey, that's good, you know. If you woke up this morning without a chalk outline around your body, you know today's going to be a good day. I got a confession to make. I was pulled over by the police on the way to church. Just transparency, you know, it's all about transparency. You just want to be real here. Even pastors get it wrong. Apparently my window wasn't clear enough. I was fine. I was like, I can see everything, constable. <laughs> Make sure that you uh, clear the top half of your window. <laughs> I'm going to have a free voucher in the mail or I think sometime in the next week that anyone's welcome to contribute to. Uh, <laughs> man, I need an offering declaration. Have we got one of those down the back? Are we good for that? Is that a thumbs up? No, that's not. I'm going to read an offering declaration. Over you. Let's just stand up. And you know, the season, it's such a topsy turvy season. It's been for me anyway. I don't know about you. You guys are probably solid. Like, you're solid people. You're solid. Yeah, I'm emotional. <laughs> I'm a feeler. All right. So I feel lots. And, I, and I've had such a topsy turvy season. And it's so good, though, just to align our lives with God, with His Word, with His Spirit. Here we go. We're going to say this together. This morning, um, on the count of three, one, two, three, as we receive today's offering, we are believing you for heaven opened, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked and miracles created, dreams, visions and angelic visitations, anointings, giftings and calls, positions and promotions, provisions and resources to go to the nations, souls and more souls from every generation, saved and set free. Thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessings and increase upon me, so I have more than enough to co-labor with heaven and see that Jesus gets his full reward. Amen. That's why we're here, people. We're here for him. <laughs> and we're called to just have this life that is, you know, absolutely centered on the truth of his goodness. And he's good over you today. And so we just partner together around his goodness. So it's so good to just, you can take a seat. It's so good just to come to his house and agree together. Well, um, I just want to read uh, from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, and um, just look at what Jesus was speaking over himself. You know, it was something like we've just declared an offering declaration, and Jesus goes to the temple and he brings this declaration of who he is in the Spirit. So check this out. Uh, it says, Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. When he came to Nazareth, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the uh, prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll, and he found the place where it was written, 
The Spirit of God is upon me because God has anointed me to, pre- to bring good news to the poor. God has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of God's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And everyone was, you know, all the eyes were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. You know, in 1955, Martin Luther King was arrested for, it was actually on a petty speeding charge in his hometown of Montgomery. And at that time, he was um, organizing a boycott of incitation uh, on city buses. And after continued harassment and even death threats, King was pushed to utter despair. And so he began to pray. And he heard this voice telling him to call on that power that can make a way out of no way. And at that moment, at once, the Holy Spirit came into his life and filled him with courage and with purpose. And King said, he said, my uncertainty disappeared and I was ready to face anything. And, and that moment was a catalyst for him. And he went on, you know, from that moment, and he created freedom for the colored pe- people of America. Well, a level of freedom anyway, that they were, they were under such oppression. And that moment happened when the Holy Spirit encountered his life, filled him with courage and purpose. Jesus came to the temple that, that Scripture says in Luke 4, full of the power of the Spirit. And then he proclaimed, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Thank you. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. It's way better for me. It's, it's, yeah, thank you. Thank you, everyone. (laughs) You helped. Appreciate you all. You're doing a wonderful job. You know, um, the Spirit of God desires to captivate every single one of our lives. He isn't satisfied to just make an impression on us. And, and we, we ask, you know, we ask some of our prayers to be captivated by His presence when in actual fact, He wants to completely captivate our lives. And I believe as a church, this is a time for us to be just so front and center in regards to the Spirit of God being on our lives. We're never going to influence this world or influence the world around us unless we are completely led by His Spirit. Not just, oh, you know, not just trying to do our best. You know, just doing our best is not going to actually bring the influence that the, the, the King of Heaven desires to roll out through our lives. Every one of us is an invitation for every single one of us to be totally captivated by the Spirit 
of God to be, and I love what King said, you know, and as he said that he was full of courage and purpose from that moment on, from that encounter moment. He went from a place of complete desperation to a place of courage and purpose. And I just want to look at the life of Daniel this morning. Daniel became an incredible influencer in a, in a nation that had actually essentially gone and captured him out of. He was essentially a servant in a foreign nation, and he was taken into this nation somewhere between the age of 14 and 18 years old, and he was captured. You know, Jerusalem was besieged, and it was captured by this king called Nebuchadnezzar. And there was a few of them that were taken at that time. And, you know, even Daniel, Daniel was taken as a young, he was a Jewish boy. He had a Jewish, you know, legacy, Jewish parents. And he was, I can imagine as a young boy, you know, he's thinking, what's my life going to look like? What's my future got in store for me? And everything that he was believing for was actually, it was almost like it was just rolled up in a moment and, and thrown away. And, and even the, the, the people that captured him, they changed his name. They gave him, attempted to give him a whole new identity and assimilate him into this Babylonian culture. It was also likely that Daniel and his friends were castrated. I mean, <laughs> this is a bad, who's clapping? <laughs> All right. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> you know, we know the story of Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they are they're thrown into a fiery furnace for not bowing down to the king. Daniel, later in life, is thrown into a den of lions for not bowing down to the king. But, you know, the lions were fasting that day, and... and, and and Daniel, he, he led this life for God in a culture that was totally against him. You know, the person who's planning to do big things cannot let small things get to them. <laughs> and that's an ironic statement to make around Daniel because we look at all of those things that Daniel went through and his friends went through and we think that that would be enough to take me out. I mean, like... Pfft. Take me out of my family, you know, and I have to go live in another nation where I don't know anyone. I'm castrated. I mean, that is, that's a big deal. But Daniel didn't let all of the bitterness and all of that stuff that could have welled up in his heart deter him from following God. Right from the start, in the first chapter, uh, of Daniel, it says this about them. It says that God gave them knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kind. It says that he was then made the chief of the magicians, the enchanters, the astrologers, and the diviners. I mean, how does a Christian get themselves to be leading a, a group of people that are essentially devil worshippers, unless God appointed it 
And unless that person is actually, you know, committed to this reference point of God being the king of his heart. It, it says that he was given the supernatural grace of discernment and understanding, you know, so he could understand the worldview without being corrupted by it. And he immediately started to influence the world. And I just, I, as I was reading this this week, if you know, if you are in a new situation in this season, and if life has caught you by surprise, I'm just, I want to declare over your life that God wants, He's got supernatural grace for you to give you discernment and understanding and knowledge in this season. You know, when you think, I was thinking of Daniel as a boy, and and you can think, he, he would have been so familiar with the Torah. He would have been in the Word of God as part of his learnings. And, and he must have been captivated by God's heart to reach the world. And I, he would have read these scriptures, you know, that we know. Uh, the Father's charge to Adam and Eve, Eve in, in Genesis 1, 28. It says, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the animals that scurry on the ground. You know, I can, Daniel's going, wow. Yeah, I'm, 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 I need it. I'm, I've, I'm called to take the kingdom to the world. I'm called to bring increase. This, this word is about multiplication so people can be, uh, you know, reach. I think this scripture would have been locked in his memory, you know, to Abraham in Genesis 22. You know, God says, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities and of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Yeah, you know, Daniel would have been like, I had no idea, you know, when I was learning that scripture that that actually could, you know, just be relevant for me in a completely foreign culture that all nations would be blessed through my life, that I would be called to be this blessing because God has first blessed me. You know, God's intention for all of us is to go and change the world through the influence of kingdom culture. That's his intention for us. You know, two of the four Babylonian kings that Daniel served ended up devoting their lives to God because of Daniel's influence. You know, he just didn't stop being a blessing just because his life didn't appear to be all that it looked like he thought it was going to be. The Word of God never changes despite our changing circumstances. He didn't, you know, Daniel wasn't someone who avoided the system. You know, he's right there with the astrologers <laughs> and the diviners. He was right there in the middle of the idolatry. And he integrated his life to influence this corrupt System and he was living, working, and then thriving in this foreign culture without the culture getting on him and conforming his life and changing his life. He was so solid. You know, is it is it possible? You know, when you think of the people that Daniel challenged and championed, even is it possible for us to champion someone? that we completely disagree with 
because we love them. You know, and I'm not just talking about family members because we love our family. And we can always think of like, oh, yeah, that family member, man, they annoy me. No one in my family or Debbie's family or any extended family that's watching this online. Um, you know, Daniel was this stunning example to us of someone who lived uncompromisingly for God in a godless environment. And it was like the compass of his heart had been set, dialed in to the temperature of love. <laughs> I'm for you. I'm for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. I'm for you, enchanter, diviner, Satanist. I'm for you. I'm going to lead you. I mean, how do you lead a Satanist? I guess you lead them through love. I guess you go like, flip whatever you believe. It's irrelevant because I love you. And I want to bless your life. And it wasn't, you know, that this drive and desire. I don't believe this anyway. I don't believe that it was Daniel's desire to change the system that drove him. I just think it was that his life was... Set on the, I'm devoted to you, Father. I'm devoted to you, King of Kings. I'm just going to be devoted to you no matter what. I'm going to be uncompromisingly devoted to you, but I'm also going to be devoted to those who are around me. I'm going to be devoted to those who have hurt me, who have betrayed me, have caught, have captured me, have castrated me. I'm going I'm to lay my life down for you. You know, and I just think it's a part of our maturity growing in love is to actually let the things and the people and the systems that have hurt us, damaged us, you know, the churches that have offended us, you know, those people that we have in our mind that, that when we cast our eyes back to teenagers, we're, we're, we're bullied or when, when our first boss, you know, shredded us for being stupid, when that police officer, you know, calls me stupid which he did, and other things. I love him. <laughs> you know, like, what's going to change us? Are, are circumstances going to change us? Are, are they going to affect our heart towards people? That's not the kingdom. Like, the kingdom's always going to win. And, and we're only going to win in the kingdom if we live the way of love. Check this out. After Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, says this in verse 18, the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him because he was like, I love you, Daniel. And he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and, and hurried to the lion's den. And distressed, he called to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, whom you serve continually, has your God been able to rescue you from the lion's? Daniel answered, may the king live forever. It's amazing, eh? Like, may the king live. This is the system, you know, that is crushing Daniel's life, that's trying to take Daniel's life out. And even the king who's in charge of this corrupt system is for Daniel. 
And Daniel answered, you know, may the king live forever. My God has sent his angel and shut the mouths of lions. We need some angels here, don't we? When we're facing trials. That's what angels do. They've not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. It's awesome, eh? And then King Darius wrote, get this, to all the nations and peoples of every language in the earth. <laughs> I'm like, I've never seen that before. And says, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? You know, Daniel was around 70 to 80 years old when he was fed to the lions. And for 50 years, you know, he was brought into that system and he just stayed sweet. <laughs> he just stayed sweet. Despite the fact that the system was trying to kill him, he just remained pure hearted to whoever he was serving. And there's actually. It's really interesting. In Daniel's life, there is absolutely no mention to Daniel ever committing a sin. No doubt he got things wrong and, and you know did sin. But there's something about the purity and integrity of Daniel's story that comes through with that. He just stayed so sweet. Even though he was a captive of the system, he remained for the king and country. You know, may the king live forever. <laughs> you know, it's more than likely that the kingdom of God is actually for the people we disagree with most. And what if the only way to reach our enemies was by serving their worldview? Now, big thoughts. I mean, this is what Daniel did, eh? I mean, I don't think he was out there protesting, bring down Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> I mean, he'd be killed. Uh, <laughs> but Daniel, he didn't compromise his personal convictions. And that was the difference maker. But he, he was for the king. He was for these ones that were leading corrupt lives. He was so for them. You know, if God is love, then his kingdom mission is a mission of love despite the opposing worldview that is around us. In 1 Corinthians 13, 7, it says, Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. Love never, never fails. Oh, unless you disagree with them. <laughs> I didn't see that. No, it doesn't say that. Timothy Keller says this, love is the effort and the desire to make someone else everything they were created to be. Oh, isn't that awesome? You know, love is or, you know, maybe love should be our primary motivation for ministry and for mission and for our passion. Let's just not have passion for the sake of passion. Let's just not have passion because we, we disagree with what's being said. Let the passion that we have 
be catalyzed because of love. You know, when compassion compels us before criticism, I believe we've discovered the most excellent way you know, of faith, hope, and love. And God's kingdom is way bigger than my bubble, you know, than Rangiura, than Thrive, than he has got, you know, we're a part of this great big unfolding story of redemption for our world. And I just want to invite you into that again today. That despite what's going on around your life and just some of the frustrations that come at each one of us, you know, whether we're just, you're, you're just frustrated at work at the moment. You're frustrated with who you're working with, frustrated with your boss or your, the ones that are under you. I just want to just remind you just to calibrate, to recalibrate around the Father's heart for those people that just really annoy you. Because God's for you and He is so for them. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media.